This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. There's no place like home for the holidays or homedepot.com for holiday decor with Black Friday prices inside and out. Like artificial Christmas trees starting at just $39.98 or outside lights and playful inflatables to bring joy to the neighborhood. Order holiday decor online and you'll even get free delivery. Holiday decorating improved with an assortment of holiday decor plus free online delivery from homedepot.com. How doers get more done while supplies last. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. I'm Brian Goldfinger from Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. We'd like to wish you and your family a happy holiday season. Don't drink and drive, don't token drive, and wait till you get to your destination to reply to that text. Visit goldfingerlaw.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. Uh, first off, apologies that uh, this podcast is super, super late. It's about a day late now. Um, you know, been feeling like shit, basically, for most of the day and uh, had to get a couple of antibiotics, but I think I'm okay for now. My voice should hold up, hopefully. I got some uh, hot water with me, you know. Shout out to Chinese people, boiled water gang. Uh-uh. But uh, anyway, I'm, uh, I'm here to recap... Um, the Raptors beating the Indiana Pacers by a score of 90, 99 to 96. Uh, this happened on Wednesday. Shout out my guy, Robbie, for uh, hooking me up with tickets to go to this game. Great seats, uh, you know, like six rows back, like behind the the away basket. Like, just a great, you know, sight line. And um, honestly, it was funny because I was also in attendance for Game 5 in 2016 in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, in a similar section, I think I was in 111 at that time. Uh, today I was, well, I was in like one, one six, one fourteen. But basically, the same angle, same sideline, you know, behind the basket. And uh, all I remember from that 2016, you know, comeback was obviously, you know, Norm with that steal on Paul George, um, and then taking in for that crazy dunk where he loses the ball midway in, in, in half air, and he, and he, you know, still finishes. But um, you know, what I remember from that game was. Raptors play like shit, uh, and then defensively they come. They came together. They benched Demar Derozan um, because he just wasn't defending and wasn't scoring, and they got a whole bunch of baskets off their defense. And then at the very end, the Pacers um, had Solomon Hill shoot a wide open three, and uh, you know it, he sunk it and it forced overtime. Except um, they went to review and uh, like he like had like two skin cells on the ball. Like it was that close. And that um, that call basically decided um, this entire run for the Raptors because if the Raptors got um, knocked out in the first round in 2016, like they would have tore this whole thing down. Like there would have been no Kyle Lowry run, no Demar Derozan run, no statues for either of those guys. Dwayne Casey probably pounding the rock somewhere outside, like not in Toronto for sure. Um, it would have been bad, but uh, yeah, that game five, I mean, they, they swung it, and it was a crazy comeback, and it's probably the most fun I've ever had at a Raptors game. And 
this game yesterday um, was pretty reminiscent of that. I mean, there was a lot of elements. First off, the fact that the Pacers, uh, you know, were the opponent was one, but also that, you know, the Pacers dominated the Raptors for most of the game, and there was no Kyle Lowry, no Serge Ibaka, no Jonas Valanciunas. Um, and when you take those three guys out of the lineup, like, that's so much offense that you're, you know, you're, you don't have because the central crux of what the Raptors do is they run, pick, and roll. And um, JV and Ibaka are great, you know, finishers. And also Lowry is, well, I mean, before Russell Westbrook came along, I mean, he was leading the NBA in assists. And I think he's still second. And so without those guys, like, it was going to be really difficult. And then on top of the fact that, like, the Pacers have a really good front court. When you look at Miles Turner, um, you know, DeMontis Sabonis is probably the best backup center in the league. Um, and, and even Thaddeus Young at, at the power forward position. I mean, that's a very versatile front court. And, you know, the Raptors were countering with Greg Monroe in the starting lineup and Chris Boucher in the, as a backup. And, man, I mean, it just wasn't working. It wasn't working. Monroe was actually pretty active on the uh, offensive glass. I think he had eight of the Raptors' first, like, 13 points. Um, and, uh, you know, finished with, I think 13 points and, uh, yeah, 13 points, eight rebounds, five offensive rebounds. Uh, and even Boucher, you know, came in, hit a three, had a, had a three blocks, you know, in, in 10 minutes. Like you can't argue with that, but basically the Raptors just weren't getting it done. And the Pacers were consistently getting inside the paint and bullying the Raptors. And, you know, even when they weren't necessarily getting penetration, they were put in the post, Raptors have to double and the Pacers get open shots and, Pacers basically led the whole game um, through three quarters. It wasn't it wasn't particularly close, um, but you know the Raptors. You know the one thing I liked about the Raptors last night was that uh, Nick Nurse got really creative, and uh, he came up with a couple solutions, right? And you know in these games where you really got to scramble, you got a really limited roster, um, and you're coming and playing a pretty tough opponent. I mean the Pacers playing the second half of back to back, but they had won seven straight. Uh, they had just lost to the. Um, the Cavaliers on a buzzer beater where Larry Nance Jr. tipped it in after the Pacers missed some clutch free throws. Um, so they were very motivated, and they've been playing really well. And so, um, you know, Nick Nurse really had to rack his brain and get creative, and, and that's what he did. And I like that. Um, in the third quarter, for example, you know, he realized, look, plan A wasn't working. Okay, so what do we do? Let's go to a 2-3 zone. He goes to a zone for about three possessions. First possession, you know, uh, the Pacers got a lucky three off of it, so okay. But then the next two possessions, the Pacers turn it over twice, and the Raptors score three of their own. And so even though that run only ended as 3-3, um, the Pacers had to call timeout because, um, you know, Nate McMillan, their coach, wanted to organize the offense and, you know, find a way to counter the the zone defense. And I thought, okay, all right, so they might come out with a set play to get an open three. That's usually what happens when, you know, teams call timeout uh, after seeing zone. But I was really impressed with the fact that Nick Nurse, instead of coming back out with zone, he switched up his scheme as well because he anticipated that, you know, um, you know, McMillan would actually call something to get a three. So he actually then came out of that timeout by playing uh, a switching defense. All of a sudden, it's different, right? Um, it, it's not just, uh, you know, the, the I don't even know what, what specific terminology it is. It could be a 2-3 zone. It could be a 2-1-2. Two, two, I don't know what it is. But um, they went to switching. Uh, they blew up a couple possessions. They, you know, had to rely on, you know, some of the wing players to stop um, guys like Sabonis and Turner in the post. And um, I thought for the most part, OG Ananobi did a pretty good job of that. Um, and then, you know, Nick Nurse then in the fourth quarter got really, really creative. And he put Pascal Siakam at center. Now, it's not easy for a skinny guy like that to play center, especially against guys like, um, 
you know, Sabonis and Turner, who are much stronger and legit seven-footers. Um, but the one advantage you have with Siakam at, at center is that you have an athletic advantage and you are quick. And so you, you're able to force turnovers. And that's exactly what the Raptors did. Uh, the Pacers ended up turning the ball over 20 times. The Raptors got uh, a lot of... Uh, uh, I guess I could look that up one second. This is one of the advantages of not recording right after the game. The Raptors got 23 points off turnovers, and that really fueled um, their offense. And a lot of that was Siakam. Siakam was a man possessed in the fourth quarter. I mean, he got so many deflections, came up with so many loose balls, um, and generally made the Pacers, you know, really overthink their offense. The Pacers only had 11 points in the fourth quarter. A lot of that was because they couldn't run pick and roll anymore um, because they were switching. So there was no advantage really anywhere. And um, Pascal was central to that. And the one thing is, you know, Pascal was not only able to just get the stops, but he was also able to, um, you know, get the ball and then take it the other way in transition and finish. And that's just so hard to do. Um, And so, you know, Pascal was stepping up. Uh, Obviously, Kawhi did Kawhi things. And one other guy that really stepped up was Lorenzo Brown, who gets a lot of hate on this podcast, Um, gets a lot of hate on Twitter. I, I see a lot of criticism of Lorenzo Brown, which I'm just like, at, at some point, like, you just have to accept that this is a fourth-string point guard and he can't do most of the things you want him to do. Um, but he was very good. It's very um, athletic, um, very... He played really hard, made a lot of hustle plays, and he really only played, like, the last seven minutes of the game um, because, you know, there was, like, a brief injury to Danny Green, although he finished the game. Norm came out of the game a little bit, too. He was a little bit gassed. Um and Lorenzo came in, he was great on defense, switching all over the place, you know, guarded Oladipo a couple times, got some key rebounds, you know, had a, a key assist to Fred Van Bleet for a three. So Lorenzo Brown really came in and uh, did a lot of work. He even tried to uh, posterize Miles Turner, which was not smart. Um, it looked like a foul um, from when I saw it in the game, but when I saw it on replay, it just looked hilarious because he kind of cocked that joint back and tried to bang on him, and it wasn't close. Like, it was like... Oh, this is this is what happens when you you can get away with this shit in the G League, but you just cannot do this against like a seven foot two guy in Turner. And Turner really turned him away. Turner has a couple of really good blocks in the fourth quarter, but you know the Raptors were able to get back into it with their defense, right? And then you know um, the Pacers just kept turning it over. That helped the Raptors. The Raptors also finally found their three point stroke. They were just ice cold for most of the game. Um, I think in the first half, the Raptors had a grand total of three three pointers and eighteen attempts. And it wasn't much better in the third quarter. But in the fourth quarter, um, you know, they got threes from primarily Fred Van Vliet, who hit um, all three of their threes in the fourth quarter. Um, All three were just huge momentum plays, including the game winner, where um, it was off a sort of a a scramble play. Um, Danny Green, um, you know, ends up collecting a loose ball, immediately swings to the Van Vliet. Van Vliet shoots from like 30 feet. Crazy shot, really, because uh, he was not shooting well overall on the night. I think he finished 4 or 17. Um, and, you know, the Raptors were down 2, and there's a lot of time left on the clock. So they didn't have to shoot that shot. Um, so, again, it would have looked really silly if Van Vliet, you know, had missed. But Van Vliet was clearly in a groove, and I liked his confidence. I, I liked the fact that, you know, just in the fourth quarter, he just came on so strong. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, he hit that crazy 3, and, and the Raptors took the lead. You know, in between all that, Kawhi Leonard was just phenomenal altogether. All, all I mean, he had a dunk on Sabonis that was um, just came out of nowhere, really. I mean, Kawhi was just doing everything in this game. At certain points, it, it it even looked like he was getting kind of frustrated. There was a no call where you know he tried to got 
um, Boyan Bogdanovich in the air, and Bogdanovich you know, fell on him a little bit. It's like that DeMar DeRozan classic play where you pump fake and the guy goes in the air and the DeMar tries to lean in. And there was no foul call. And, you know, at that point, DeMar, like, uh, Kawhi was, you know, really frustrated. He didn't get back on tr- transition, which is very um, unusual for a guy like that. Um, but, I mean, I like that Nick Nurse called a timeout right after Kawhi didn't run back, you know, got his team engaged. And Kawhi, from then on, was, man, he was just unstoppable. Like, anytime the Raptors need a bucket, he was going up against Thaddeus Young, who is bigger, is stronger, but... Kawhi is just quicker, got past him a couple times. Um, and just generally, like, to have a guy like that, um, to have a guy like Kawhi who he's so calm in the clutch, you know what I mean? Like, it just gives you a lot, the whole team a lot of confidence, um, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the Raptors got back into the game. And then at that point, they needed their defense to step up. And uh, the guy who stepped up on that end is Danny Green. Two key stops on Victor Oladipo. In the dying moments, uh, first Oladipo um, collected defensive rebound, but then was like really slow to bring it up for some reason. And Danny Green kind of just realized like, "Yo, this guy might not make it past eight second count." So he like at the last second kind of like pressed up on Oladipo and uh, forced a turnover. You know, Darren Collison was screaming at Oladipo for it because you know Collison, being a point guard, you know, was really trying to push the pace and make sure that you know the Pacers got this rudimentary. Um, possession setup, just the most basic thing, like cross the court in eight, eight seconds. Like, I don't know. That was a stupid play by Oladipo, but still a very heads up play by Danny Green to close out at the last second to force the turnover. And then on the possession after that, after the Raptors, you know, took the lead, um, you know, by one, um, the Pacers went to Oladipo again. They had a hard time getting the ball to Oladipo because, you know, Fred Van Lee did a really good job after switching everything off the initial inbound. You know, Van Lee really denied the ball, wasted a lot of time, and forced Oladipo into a drive. You know, he Oladipo's got one of the best um, pull-up jumpers in the NBA, and he does it a lot in the clutch um, because, you know, he knows that defenses are always worried about him driving. So he's got a really good, like, it's like Isaiah Thomas had the same move, like the, the original Isaiah Thomas, not, uh, you know, the little child that plays in Denver. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a deadly move. And so I thought Van Lee did a great job of just, like, stepping up not giving him any space, forcing him to drive. And then once Oladipo drove, um, the defense completely collapsed. And Danny Green, again, steps up in the middle of the key, um, um, you know, just completely stops his momentum and then forces the jump ball, which was just such a great play. And then um, on top of that, Danny Green somehow wins the jump ball, which is kind of nuts for my opinion because, like, Danny is not necessarily athletic. Uh, and he's kind of slow, really. And Oladipo is one of the um, – Definitely one of the most athletic guards in the league. Um, but Danny wins the tip. Then Danny hits two free throws to ice the game. And then it kind of sets up a controversial finish um, where, you know, the last two-minute report just got published uh, here on Thursday. And it was confirmed that OG Anobi definitely slapped uh, Boyan Bogdanovich across the wrist. And Boyan was definitely behind the three-point line. So that would have been three free throws with a chance to tie. Um and yeah, Boyan was so pissed, man. I mean, he like, <laughs> there's no call. Uh, the Raptors win. You know, Raptors are celebrating, and then Boyan immediately runs over to the referee and like throws his fist in there. And I thought he was gonna clock the referee. That would have been hilarious. He did not end up doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, he he was definitely foul. What can I say? Um, you know, uh, did the Pacers kind of deserve that call? Yeah, for sure. Like the call is the call. Like. You know, it's a bad call, and they missed it, and it's a game-changing call. However, I will say, 
that the Raptors, A, had all the momentum, and B, like, the Pacers were only in that position because they only had 11 points in the fourth quarter. Like, the Pacers should have won this game. They had a f- fully healthy assortment of players. And the Raptors, like, I mean, I don't know. They were throwing guys like Malachi Richardson out there in the fourth quarter. Lorenzo Brown, you know, Norm, CJ, breaking threes. Like, man, like, you know you know what I mean? Like, if you can't beat that and you need to um, have three free throws at the end, which is not a guarantee that you hit all three free throws, um, you know. So, like, and, and then you, you got to win in overtime. Like, you should have just closed out the game. So, you know, I, I sympathize with the Pacers, but also I don't really because they shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. But it was a great game. Again, shouts to Robbie for taking me. Um, you know, it was just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun in the arena. Um, and in terms of your three stars, Kawhi obviously gets the first star. 28 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 steals, uh, 11-23 from the field, 6-9 from the free throw line. Didn't hit any threes, but... Uh, Man, he was seeing double teams. Like when you see that, when you see that in person, and just how much space Kawhi has to operate with, it's like you really appreciate the fact that he's still able to get an efficient twenty-eight points because, man, the defense is all over him. Um, but the way he's able to rebound the basketball defensively has been super key, especially in games where the Raptors don't have um, their front court players. And also his his passing is pretty good, man. I mean, it's, it's really improving. I mean, he has six assists today. Um, he was real solid. And then the four steals, two of them were. You know, he just intercepts uh, Tyreek Evans, who tried to do a crossover. You never cross over against Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi's going to strip it every time. And he took it in for a dunk. And then the same thing against Oladipo, where Oladipo tried to cross it over and Kawhi just stripped him. Like, Kawhi's just the best player on the floor. And it's it's such a pleasure to watch that every single night. Second star, I'm giving that to Pascal Siakam. Um, 17 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, uh, 3 steals, a block, 6 of 10 shooting in 35 minutes of play. He had to play center which wasn't easy, but I actually thought, um, you know, defensively it helped to play center, but also I think offensively it really allowed him to go at guys like Miles Turner and guys like DeMontis Sabonis instead of going at Thaddeus Young. And Thad Young was actually pretty effective defending Pascal because I think, you know, stylistically they're actually very similar players. They're both tweener 3-4 types. And so I thought Thad was really good at guarding Pascal. Pascal was not a factor in the first quarter, in the second quarter really, but uh, second half Pascal really woke up and he made so many great plays. And then in your third star, I mean, it's tough to pick between Van Vliet and Danny Green because they shot a combined 6 of 25. Um, but uh, I'll give it to Van Vliet for hitting the shot. I mean, Danny definitely made a couple of great defensive plays, but, uh, you know, Van Vliet ultimately hit those three threes in the fourth quarter, and that really swung it. Um, overall, the Raptors won this game despite shooting like ass from uh, the three-point line, which is not sustainable. Um, you know, the Raptors definitely need to go get a three-point shooter. They shot 7 of 30, which is 23%. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was nice. It was nice to see Nick Nurse get creative. It was nice to see Van Vliet and Danny Green come up clutch. Those guys have been fourth-quarter performers, and, you know, it's nice to have those guys on the floor. And it's also it's just nice to see Kawhi carry the team um, and get some wins, you know, and just kill this narrative that this team can't win without Kyle Lowry. Like, obviously, Kyle Lowry is very important, the second most important player on the team. But Kawhi Leonard in these difficult games is always going to come up and come through. And, um, yeah, that's, I think for me, that's ultimately what's more important, but, uh, you know, obviously he has to learn how to run the offense and everything like that. And, you know, he's taking steps. And then in terms of your Gerald Henderson award, uh, it's not a lot of good candidates here. Um, I'm going to ultimately go with Doug McDermott. He only had eight points, but a lot of those were really, really key buckets. Um, 
and every one of his threes, all both of them, I guess, really hurt. But honestly, there was just no one that really stepped up like that. Like Bogdanovich at 18, it's like, okay, cool. Thad Young at 11. Turner had 10 points and five blocks. Okay, Oladipo at 20. Sabonis at 12. Like, no one really had an exceptional game. So I'll give it to McDermott, who it's a bit of a legacy award there, too. He has killed the Raptors on many occasions. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, again, apologies that the pod came out late. Um, you know, uh, it's just is what it is. You know, sometimes people feel like shit. But uh, I'll be back tomorrow to recap the Cavs game and uh, also Saturday to recap the Sixers game. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.